0: Okay, guys, how y'all doing? Uh, We're going live, and this is uh, where we're planning on living at uh, for this moment, as God has instructed us to uh, get back to work. And so... Uh, We have been teaching what to do when you're going through, and we did 50% of it. We have 10 practical principles for living by faith, and we have done five of them already. And uh, we have five more to go. Today I will be doing number six. Now, again, the principles we had in the past, uh, was trust in the Lord. That was principle number one. And uh, so we're going to uh, not revisit that, but I want you to remember that. But if you get number one wrong, the other nine you might as well forget. If you don't trust in the Lord, there's nothing else. You know, you got to have that faith. But then after you trust in the Lord, you got to commit to living by the Word the Word of God, living by the Word of God. Number three, you got to pray without ceasing. I'm believing that we're living in a time, man, we got to pray, 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 all right? Principle number four is change your focus. Change your focus. While we look not at the things that are temporal, but at things that are eternal, got to fix your eyes on the right thing. Scripture talking about looking unto Jesus, the author, and Finisher. If you want to know what to look at, look for him. Alright? And last week we did identify your role. We talked about Moses at the Red Sea being trapped. And yet, uh, God told him, don't just stand there waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. Do something God needed him to do A simple act of faith. He asked him, what's in your hand? He said, my rod. He said, don't just stand there. Stretch it out. And uh, we know that the power didn't come from the staff. We know that the power didn't come from Moses. But it came from God. But God always needs faith to operate on. Isn't that something? He does his best work when faith is at its most potency. Well, today we want to talk about principle number six, which is make necessary adjustments. What to do when you're going through, you always got to make necessary adjustments. You're you're never where God wants you to be. So we have to make the adjustment to get where he needs us to be so he can do what he needs to do that brings about our victory. Amen? All right, then. Let's go to God, and we're just going to open up with a word of prayer, and then we're going to read the scripture, and then we're going to go on and dissect it. Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, God, as we take a minute to honor you, acknowledge you, God. And God, just, we need your help. We really can't do a whole lot without you. And God, we need you here today. I need you to, God, oversee me and make sure everything I say, God, is biblical strength, God, and that we are teaching your people God, only what your word professes, oh God. And we're not trying to do anything in our own will or power. Now, God, bless the one that's going to share, myself, oh God. Bless the hearers, God. Help them to hear what's being said and to understand it and be able to, oh God, put, hide it in their heart that in the evil thing, God, they may not sin against you. And God, and for all practical purposes, God, be with each of us as we need you, because none of us can make it without you. I pray your blessing on this time that we're going to spend here today talking about this principle. What to do when we're going through God, you gave us ten of them, and we're on number six today. Use her to your glory. Always in Jesus' name we pray. Let the saints say Amen, Amen and Amen. Well guys, I am always delighted and excited about talking or sharing the Word of God. It is something that I really love doing. I don't know how you feel about it. I love God and I love His Word and I love helping to make sense of it for people that may not fully have understanding but I take great joy in helping people to develop their faith what to do when you're going through these are ten practical principles for living by faith principle number six make necessary Adjustments. You might be on target, but you might be slightly off and you just might have to tweak it a little bit so you can get that bullseye. And that's what we want you to have. Amen? All right. What we talk about uh, make necessary adjustments. Here we are just talking about small uh, alterations. of movements made to achieve a desired end. Small alterations in our lives are movements to are uh, made to achieve our desired end. Our scripture for today is Matthew's chapter number 16, two verses 24 and 26. If you turn to that, you'll do well and uh our supporting scripture is going to be second chronicles the seventh chapter verse number 14. you guys probably know that one already too amen but we'll get to it so you want to hold second chronicles 7 14 on the side we'll get to that a little later but right now we want to get to matthew 16 chapter verse number 24 through verse number 26. Listen to what the word say. Verse 24. Then say Jesus unto the disciples, if a man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Uh, 25 say, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Verse number 26 says, For what is a man to profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall he, the man, give in exchange for his soul? What can you do when you're going through? Uh, you know, the scripture is very specific. It's very straightforward for us. And we just want to just hit the nail head on. And we want to grow from this. Listen, in verse number 24, 16 chapter of Matthew, Jesus said unto his disciple, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There are three prerequisites. If you want to follow Jesus, uh, uh, and Jesus do teaches us to follow him. And if you're that person that want to follow, there are three prerequisites that you must fulfill. Well, let's just start from the beginning. Uh, the word if any man if that word there is to introduce a conditional term that's what it does if if you do this I'll do that if you don't do this I won't be doing that but if any man will come after me mean to follow Jesus to walk in his steps and follow him he said there are some things you have to do But he said, if any man will, the word will in the scripture mean to make a conscious choice or desire of the mind to intentionally do something. In this case, to do something is to follow Christ. All right. So he said, if any man will, will, desire, To come, the word come means to move towards something or someone. As I said earlier, we're talking about to move towards the man, Jesus Christ. Come after me, after the word, after me, to be in the company or pursuit of, to imitate, copy, or reproduce. We want to imitate the life of Christ, we want to uh, pursue how he lived, but ultimately we want to reproduce what Jesus done while here on earth. He said, if any man uh, will come after me, then he said, let him deny himself. First of all, let is a word that means to allow, permit, Or give consent to. Know who the burden is on to let. It's not Christ. It's not God. It's not even the Holy Spirit. You must make this choice. You must let. You must invite. You must put your your leg out and start the journey. You must do that. He said, and the first thing you must do, let him what? Deny himself. Deny yourself. It means to refuse to gratify oneself or nurture oneself or acknowledge oneself or even to take delight in oneself. Let him deny himself. In other words, the word deny takes place of the word that we are commonly known as to be humble. Take the long ride where we don't do good to heaven when we allow common and want to be seen. The key is we want to hide behind Jesus that all mankind can see him. He's the one that needs to show up and show up. It's not us. It's not us. So we, if we want to follow him, the first thing we must do is deny ourselves. Deny ourselves and uh, and say, take up the cross. To take means to lay hold of, to gain possession of, or to endure and put up with. All right? Certain things in our lives that we got to endure and put up with. Uh, Somebody cuss you out doesn't give you the right to cuss them back. Some things we got to just put up with. And just walk away. Stay humble by denying yourself. Take hold of the, and possess what God has for us so that he can give us what he wants to do in us. All right. Take up your cross. The cross. Cross. What is a cross? I'm glad you have a personal difficulty in life. That is particularly troubling or downright painful. You know, we all have troubles in our life. And uh, not all troubles is, uh, is a chip on our shoulder. Some troubles is weight on our back. You know, I mean, some troubles, you know, could be dying on the cross so somebody else can live. You know, that's what Jesus did, you know, on the cross. He died. He allowed himself to be crucified so that we can have life and even that life more abundantly. He said, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. The word follow literally means to reproduce by doing the same as another. In this case, another would be Christ. It is also to take the same route, course, or directions by watching Jesus, observing Jesus, or just paying attention to how Jesus lived out his life. And, and practice some of these things in your life. Alright? So this is what this scripture is telling us to do. Whatever Jesus is saying, he said. If any man want to come after me, he must uh, deny himself, take up his cross, and then only then can he follow me. If you don't take up no cross, if you don't deny yourself, there is no reason to follow. All right, because guess what? Somebody asked the question. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? I know y'all know how the rest of that go. No, no, no. There's a cross for everyone and there has to be for me. All right? We all gonna have our burdens. We all gonna have some troubles in this life. You understand? But God, and especially Jesus Christ his son, is the one that sustains us, preserves us. And keeps us. All right. Verse 25 says, Whosoever will save, that word means preserve, all right, his life, which means quality of existence. If you want to preserve a quality of your existence, you shall, uh, shall lose. And that word, uh, shall lose, means to forfeit it. So, whosoever shall save his life, shall lose it. All right? Forfeit it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake, which means cause, because of you wanting to follow me and be with me and go through what I'm going through, shall find life. You're going to find it. All right, one more time. Whosoever will save his life, that word save literally means to preserve his life, and, you know, and life within itself is not all about living long as much as about the quality of living. I know I'm right about this because even the sinner man that die and go to hell, he's, he's an eternal being also. He's going to live forever. So when we're talking about going to heaven and going to hell, we're talking about a quality that's going to be totally different from the experience in hell. You know what i mean so that can be uh uh, uh understood to be a quality of existence we don't want to just exist we want to exist with quality with meaning in life and he say shall forfeit it uh by trying to preserve your own life but whosoever shall lose his life for his sake not for yourself But for God's sake, for Christ's sake, which is a cause that we embark upon, shall find life, shall find it. All right, verse number 26 says, for what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall he give in exchange for it, for the word for what is a man profit? That word profit means to benefit from or take advantage of. What's the advantage if he shall gain the whole world but lose or forfeit his soul or eternal destiny with God? Wow, the essence of his person is locked in his soul. We all have a soul, and that soul is what makes us who we are. In fact, it's what makes you different from me and me from you. Why? Because we all have different characteristics. We all have different ways of liking to do things and everything. And God ain't trying to dictate nothing but to live righteous and walk in obedience so that he can be a blessing to you. So the essence of our life or our person is locked within our soul. And who we want to value our soul is we want God to value that soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange? This word exchange means argument for his soul. What argument can you bring to the table that... If you're not going to do it for Jesus, then what you're doing it for? You know what I mean? And so everything the believer must live and, and follow Christ, you do it because your big brother has taught us. Your big brother is in us, working through us, helping us to be the best version of us that we can be. Alright, so technically, what you got to get out of there, or what he's talking about, denying yourself, again, just refusing to gratify, or nurture, acknowledge, or even take delight in oneself. You know what, that could be vanity, and it can downright be pride at its best. We don't want to be a prideful people. So we do take up the cross. We do carry. That's why sometimes we go through circumstances, trials and tribulations. Why? Because that could be a form of our cross. And we gladly get on the cross as Jesus freely got on the cross. He said, no oh man, take my life. Freely, I lay it down and freely, I take it back up. Alright? But we need to take up our cross. For us to be spiritual giant or spiritual matured, or the truth of the matter, you don't get there overnight and it's not an easy task. But from what I found out is that you go through circumstance after circumstance after circumstance and eventually you find out you start getting better. One of the reasons why is because You want to walk as Jesus walked. You want to live as Jesus lived. And you want to trust God as Jesus trusts. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to finish up with this last little scripture I got you. I call this supporting scripture because it speaks to how we are to operate in a tangible world that we can honor. And it's in 2nd Chronicles, the 7th chapter, and a lot of you may know it, the 14th verse. And this is what it said. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Now, this is a beautiful scripture, but it's hanging on one word, and that word is what? If. God literally speak if my people. He literally speak with conditions here as though it's conditional like his people is not gonna Uh, 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 that's called by his name is not going to humble themselves. They're not going to pray. They're not going to seek his faith. They're not going to turn from their wicked ways. Now, we're in a time now where Solomon was overseeing building the temple. And once the temple was built, it meant nothing to Solomon to have a beautiful temple built if God would not acknowledge it and make it his own house and bring his glory in there so solomon wanted that to happen so he prayed and god in scriptures before this told him i heard your prayer and i'm gonna accept the gift that you built for me that temple and it's, i'm gonna sanctify that not only when people are in there they bless, blessed, but if they pray looking towards this direction, I will bless them. I'll answer their prayer. If they can't make it to the temple, if they just turn and face to the direction of the temple and pray, I'll hear their prayers. I will answer by and by. God is promising Solomon right here. If my people... He used the word if because even in the old times, in the old days, Christians or Old Testament believers have not always been faithful. No different than it is today in our world. We have not always been faithful. I know I have not always been faithful to God. There is none that has walked per- perfectly with God other than Christ himself. We all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. But God speaks here and says, if my people, which just so happens to be called by my name. Now, we got so many Christians in the world today, but the truth of the matter of it, if you are called by the name of God, there's a certain way you need to be living by. You can't be called by God and do it any kind of way. So that's why He used this word that's conditional. If my people, and not an absolute, when my people. Uh, uh as they perform. But if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. That word humble means to be a base. The best thing I can tell you about being a base, you know, I've sing uh, songs in the microphone microphone sits on a stand and at the bottom of the stand there is a a, a platform a base if you will for the whole that microphone stand steady so that it stands right before you and you can sit there and then sing it but you notice nobody never pays attention to the stand at the bottom Cause we are so busy enjoying the microphone and all the glory we can get out of it as we singing, preaching, teaching, whatever we doing with it, but the base is always not barely, not even seen, and that's the way we have to be in our Christian journey with God. We are to be a base, and the scriptures say so that He can exalt us in due season we have a season where god will exalt us where god will prepare a table before us even in the presence of our enemies but that's not an everyday thing and we are not christ so we must humble ourselves mean to take ourselves and be a base and not be puffed up or overly proud about oneself all right, and not only to humble them themselves, but they are expected to pray. Well, prayer is making petitions to God. It could be making a request, or it could be the uh, requesting God to get you out of particular danger, to uh, deliver you from a sickness or whatever. But remember, part of the uh, ten practical principle was. Pray without ceasing. So here, God says, there are times the people seems like they stop praying. They don't pray to God no more. So Solomon, if my people would humble themselves and that are called by my name and pray, I, I'll, I'll answer prayer. I, I, I'll hear the faintest cry, even answer by and by. You know what I mean? And he said something else he wants them to do. And seek my face. It means to seek the presence of God. Uh, uh, That's what it means to seek his face. To know that his presence is with you. Have you ever experienced that before in life? I know if you've been a Christian for any length of time, at some point, you sought the presence of God and you even felt the presence of God, though you might have not have seen him physically, you know he was there with you. Why you know that because he was the one keeping you, he was the one holding you when you thought you was holding yourself up, you was all you had to think, and God carried you. You understand, so he said, and seek my face, seeking my face is through prayer, but it's also through His Word and wanting to be like Him. Wanting no difference between you, yourself, and Jesus. You want to walk as He walked. So you're going to seek His face. And in doing so, what you got to do is turn from your own wicked ways. Because we all have sinned. And come short, and we can't say because we've been walking with Jesus for 50 years that we got it made in the shade, that we got this thing down pat, that we good, you know what I mean? Oh, no, we're not good, and we got to turn from some of the stuff we do now. For me, myself, I can talk that it's been years of turning from all uh, wicked ways of my own, it's been. I I mean, even when God called me, I didn't particularly like people. I can confess today that I love people, but that didn't come easy. I had to work at that. You know, God brought to teach me how to love people. He put me in a place with a lot of unlovable people around me. Not everybody's easy to love. Some people, you got to work hard at it. You got to sweat. You got to get dirty to, to, to get where they at and to love them. Everybody's not easy to love. Everybody in the church, it's not easy to love. But we must turn away from our wicked ways. In the scripture, the promise says this. If we can humble ourselves as we pray, and seek its face and turn from our wicked ways, the promises. Then, God said, Will I hear? Hear what? Their prayer, their the complaints, their needs, their struggles. Then will I hear? But if they're locked up, tied up and tangled up in arrogance, I ain't listening, God is saying. But if they're willing to do this, then I will do that. And if they're not willing to do this, I won't be doing that. So then will I hear from heaven, I'm going to hear their prayers, which simply means if they're not doing all these things, God is going to be ignoring. These are a people that's ever striving but never arriving. All of us had done this at some point in our Christian journey, ever striving but never arriving. But now, at last, I'm I'm glad, elated, excited that at last I'm in a place in my life where I can get excited about what God is doing, hearing from heaven, my faintest cry. And not only will He hear from heaven but he's also promised to forgive our sins wow god will forgive our sin why will he forgive our sin because we are willing to humble ourselves we are ready to talk to him more we are seeking his face daily and we are turning from our wicked ways that he has delivered us from So that we can hear from, that he can hear us from heaven and forgive our sins and heal our land. Our land is not just a property we live on, but it is God's property also. God wants to heal the land, this land. From dirt I was made, from dust I shall return, but my soul is gone. But God in this life wants to heal this land this land. And it's not just talking about the land we occupy. It means that too. But isn't it more perfect, more uh, preferential for God to heal this land? Amen. Commentary on this particular verse. Listen to what it said. This wonderful promise is in the context of God's promise to answer prayers from the temple which he chose to hollow and consecrate it with his presence. God promised something special to the people if they would humble themselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from their wicked ways. Notwithstanding, please note the turn. if my people. That's the condition. As though God don't know the absolute or don't have the absolute. So many times the people of God, not the world, but the people of God has let God down. I pray that you have grown to a mature believer in Christ. Where you let him down less now than you ever did in your life. That's progress. And that's what we are called to. This phase is conditioned. Does. Meaning that if you do this, I will do this in response. But if you don't do this, then I will not do anything further for you in response. You're on your own, in other words. You're on your word. So when in the scripture he talks about if my people would humble themselves, he's talking about to come to him modestly, quietly, and calmly. Why would God want us to be calm? Because our calmness do brings the mindfulness that if God be for us, who could really be against us? Or what and when because who can beat god down who can wrestle with god and when so we must humble ourselves be modest and quiet and stay calm he when he talks about prayer he talks about to petition or just simply make a request And sometimes the request is more rigorous. So we downright have to plead for, because some things weigh on our hearts so heavy, it's not just enough just to gently ask. We have to plead. God, please. Please, God. Deliver. Please heal. Please, God. I I don't want to die prematurely in my life. I want all the years you got for me. Please. And then seek his face, that praise is talking about pursue, hunt, or chase after his presence. Y'all caught that? It literally means to pursue, hunt, or chase after God's presence. You know, sometimes he's not easily found, uh, you know, because God is everywhere, but sometimes he's not easily found. But when we are persistently seeking for his face, his presence, I promise you this, God will show up and he will show up. Isn't that wonderful? And then you talk about turn from their wicked ways speaks to the change in direction in your mind, your thought, and in your behavior. This is one thing to say, I'm now a Christian, and it's another thing to live like you are. You know what I mean? We want to make sure uh, that we walk circumspectly before God with dignity and pride, pride that we are his child. So the pride, the glory goes to him and not us, based on the fact that we are mindful what he has done for us. Amen. Alright. And so when it talks about forgiving, it's talking about God actually pardoning us or even excusing us, absolves in us to take it in and not do anything with other than be a blessing to. And it's always oh, a release from. Uh, uh, from whatever uh, the sin is that we need to be forgiven for. And then when he talks about healing, he's talking about to restore to men to cure to uh, re, uh, a remedy. God wants to be a remedy for any situation circumstance that we find ourselves in. And as it relates to the land, like I say, it's talking about your dwelling place or or property, your home, or place of occupy. I occupy even this body. I occupy this body. Why? Why do I do it? Because I am created in the image after the likeness of God. Well, what's the image of God? God is spirit, and them that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You understand? We are spirit beings first. We live, we have a soul, and we live in this body. But the true us is not from the dust of the ground. The true us is the inner part. That's why we say uh, God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit from the spirit man, our anointing, our prayers, our communication with God should be from the spirit man, not the flesh. You, 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 you don't want to pray to God through the flesh. You want to pray. That's what he meant. For such worship God seeks in spirit and in truth. Alright guys, I'm finished with this thing, so let's recap. What to do when you're going through. God has given us 10 practical principles. I'm only going to give you the ones that we have done already. Trust in the Lord is principle number one. Principle number two is commit to living by the Word of God. Have you made that commitment in your life yet? that I'm going to live in accordance to God's word. And then it talks about, number three, pray without ceasing. In the 18th chapter of Luke, he talks about that uh, men ought to always pray and not faint, not lose heart, not give up. And then in the 8th verse, he asks the question, but when the son of man returned to earth, Will he find us living like this? As though God is indicting mankind. You guys don't know how to pray without ceasing. You might pray today, but you'll forget about me tomorrow. I need you to be regular in your prayer life. I need you to Talk to me throughout the day. It doesn't matter. See, prayer is something you can do anyway. You could be driving and you can pray. You can be in a grocery store and you can pray. You can be sitting down, minding your own business, and all of a sudden a thought comes from God and you'll thank God out of your mouth. Well, to thank Him is praying because you're communicating with Him. You know, principle number four say change. Your focus. Why wow, we all gonna go through some storms? We all gonna go through some stuff. This is Corinthians seven chapter eighteen verse. While we look not at the things that are seen, but are, are, are seen, but we look at the things that are unseen. Because the things that are unseen are the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This life. We live, even if we live to 100 years, that's a long time in this life. But it's not even a drop in the bucket in comparison to eternity. What do you really want? This life? Oh, and by the way, how jacked up is that these days? Change your focus. And then last week we talked about identify your role, even as Moses had to identify his role. He had a staff in his hand. Pharaoh's only behind, mountains on the side, and the Red Sea in the front. And the people are getting anxious, excited. They complaining, talking about he brought us out here to die like we couldn't have died right there where we was in Egypt. Couldn't let us. There wasn't enough graves out there in Egypt. Moses prayed to God. But God told him, Moses don't just stand there do something. He ain't know what to do. So God asked him, what's in your hand, Moses? He said, my rod. God said, stretch it out. Stretch it out. And as Moses stretched out that rod, the sea parted, the Red Sea, stood up like a wall. And they was able to walk across on, get this, dry ground, not muddy ground. Not moisture in the ground, but dry ground. That was a miracle in a miracle. You understand? Their sounders wouldn't get stuck or nothing. Nobody lost a shoe or anything because they walked across on dry ground. Pharaoh's army thought that they can do the same thing and they came in the midst of that. And now we got a song, Pharaoh's army got drowned in a Red sea, because of the faithfulness of God. Know your role. Identify. And today we talk about make necessary adjustments. Guys, when you're in the midst of the storm, one of the things you got to tap in and want to do, and that's why you need to pray, is seek God. What you need to be doing in times like this. There are times that we're living in this world right now that's different. And some of the stuff that we used to do when I was younger, it's not even applicable anymore. So there are some things we need to make some adjustments in how we live in our lives, we as believers. The world would frustrate us, but we can't allow them to do that. We must maintain our mindfulness and our calm. All right? And uh, we'll talk about the other four in the weeks to come, one week at a time. You're going to be seeing us a lot more, not just me. Uh, We're going to get back to Bible studies. We're going to get back to all of this thing. Uh, We want to get back to uh, doing the work that God has given us to do, and we want to do it regularly. Uh, We're going to be here on multiple channels, guys. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, what's some of the other stuff, baby. I can... Podcast. Podcasting, Podcasting. We, we we got stuff like that going on now. We got at five podcast channels that they have blessed us with. As though we got something wonderful to say. Well maybe we do. But we won't know unless you respond. Amen. Alright. And all the links is gonna be in this where you can check them out, look at them. And if you see, feel like this ministry has been a blessing to you, then give a return. Be a blessing back. For doing so is a way of saying thank you. It's hard to do good ministry without funds. We want to be a blessing to you guys. But well, you're not want to be a blessing back. God bless you. God, keep you. Let's pray our way out, and then uh, we'll be through with this. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you right now for who you are and what you mean to us. We thank you for all you do, God, in our lives so much, God, how you keep us. God, even when we're sleeping and don't have a clue what's going on around us, you preserve us, God. You're so able And God, we thank you for everything you do. And we thank you for this word today. What to do when you're going through. Sometimes we need to make necessary adjustments. Now, God, bless your people. Please, be everything we need you to be in some. And the promise is this. We'll be so ever careful to give you the glory, the honor, in the praise. Worthy is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. God bless you, and God keep you. Until the next time, this is our prayer for you. God bless you. Bye-bye.